Colossians 1, verses 3 through 14. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for reading, Jen. So most people have some things that really motivate them, that drive them. And, and generally, it's a couple things, like deep at someone's core, that, that push them forward, where they say, you know, for this, I'll sacrifice time. For this, I'll be held responsible. For this, I will give my life to. And I think it's different for, for different people. Sometimes you find like what we're giving our lives to seems extremely important in the moment, only to think through later on, like, yeah, I guess that wasn't quite what I should have been making the center of my universe. And then other times, it's like, no, no, that endures. That's going to last. I wonder what is at the core that drives you? What's at the core of, of things that motivate you? And is it connected to something that could be above and beyond? What if we were giving our lives to things that would outlive us? And what if God took what we sense in this world as being pretty, pretty small, maybe even somewhat insignificant? And what if he surprised us by doing something above and beyond? We've been looking at that theme, kind of going over that theme over the last few weeks, above and beyond, because two weeks ago I shared with you, and you heard a little bit about it a moment ago, of a new church family that we believe God is putting together and launching in Middletown, and our church has a role to play in that, and we're excited about what God is doing, this wide open door that really is above and beyond things that we had prayed for and asked God for. Last week, I I referenced another sense of above and beyond, and that is in the challenging subject of endurance. Knowing this is for, I think, many people, if not most people, this has been a tough season where we may not even feel like everything is going super well, we, but we're trying to hang on. We're trying to be faithful. And could God use our desire to be faithful, even as the world changes, even as our own lives change, could God use our desire, our hunger to be faithful and endure and be patient and hold on and bear up under, under lots of difficult things. Could God use that in a way that's above and beyond? 
This week, I want to continue to think together in that theme, and this is what I'd like to do with our time. So the passage that Jen read a moment ago from Colossians, I want us to spend a little bit more time in that and make sure we understand what the Lord is telling us there. And, and I really want to paint a picture, because I love passages like that, that paint a picture of what God is doing in a church. And then what we can do with that is overlay that on our church and see what God is doing here and ask the Lord to use our lives for and, and our church, really, our life together for something that is above and beyond. So I hope you have your Bibles open or on or however that works for you, Colossians chapter 1. And right there at the beginning, Paul says he's praying, but he's praying with gratitude. Did you notice what he says in verse 3? He says, we always thank God when we pray for you. You can even chase this down later on in verse 9. It's like we're not stopping praying for you, but even as we pray, we're grateful. What is Paul so grateful for? In verse 4, he tells us he's grateful that this church had faith in Jesus, had reliance, belief, trust in Jesus. And they also had love for each other. You have love for all the saints. And then verse 5 says you also have hope. You have hope that's reserved in heaven, and you're, you're hanging on to that hope. Do you see there in those words, faith, hope, and love? You take away any of those, and you really don't have Christianity. You don't have a walk with Jesus. This is what it means to have a walk with Jesus in faith and in hope and in love. Here's the overall picture, and this is in verse 5 going into verse 6. Paul says, there is this message of the gospel that came to you, you heard it and then you understood it, and now it's bearing fruit, it's having an impact. The, the gospel, it came to you and the gospel, this message, this announcement is bearing fruit and growing. It's having an impact. I, I want to make sure we define terms, make sure, because when we say gospel, you may have an idea and maybe we all have some idea what gospel means, but particularly in scripture when the word gospel is used, it's always meant to mean an announcement, an announcement, a message. And it, it is a message of good news, but the good news comes because it starts off with a, a complex bad news that God is creator and loving and ruler of everything, and yet we haven't always treasured his rule. We haven't always obeyed what he says to do. We haven't always loved him the way we should. All of humanity is broken. It's bad news, except for God would not leave us in our sin. God would not leave us just distant from him without a remedy, without hope. And so the announcement, the good news of the gospel is that God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come to this world to bridge that gap, to restore, to, to reconcile their relationship. That if we put our faith and our reliance on Jesus, and we turn from everything else, and we trust in Him, that life actually is described as like new, totally new. Something new has come into the person that has started relying on Jesus. And actually, not only do we have like new life immediately, but we're also giving a new assignment. We're ambassadors to spread that message further. That's the gospel, to, to give that announcement even further, to share that gospel even further. This is the good news that we have, the impact of that message, Paul says, when it comes into the life of a church, a church like Ogletown, a church like Colossae, 
what happens is it bears fruit. It starts making a difference. It starts changing lives. So the gospel bears fruit and is growing, but Paul didn't want us just to hear like the gospel is doing that. He actually pulls it down to a level of like individually in our lives. Together as, as our lives personally, the gospel does the deep work. As you read further, you realize Paul's praying. Paul prays in verse 9 that they would be, he says, we haven't quit praying for you. And we pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, that you would just be filled with knowing what God wants you to do and how he wants you to live. And that you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, that you would do what God says, of course individually, but also as a church, that we would be filled with the knowledge of God's will, that we would walk according to his will, that we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So the gospel bears fruit, but also in these verses you see, not just does the gospel bear fruit, but Paul's praying like that our lives would also bear fruit. Paul's praying that you would bear fruit in your life, that we together would bear fruit as a church, that part of our coming together would be, yes, to encourage each other, yes, to praise God, but also that it would make a difference, that it would have an impact, that things would be produced. I was even driving in today and just noticed that springtime, you always notice like the buds and some of the trees are really coming, and you think something's happening, something's being produced there, whether it be flowers or fruit, things are being produced, and God says, I want that in a church life. I want spiritual things to happen. I, I want us to hear that because we want to live a life, as Colossians 1 says, holy, pleasing, I fully pleasing to God. Or fully pleasing, so that means every area of our life, not segmented, but that God would, our lives at home and our lives at work or school or our lives in our neighborhood or our lives with our family would be fully pleasing to the Lord. So I want us to take that picture of a church that comes together and bears good fruit, and I want you to think about that in the context of Ogletown. I want to share with you, and, and this is a little bit different because I, I, want, I want to connect what God says in bearing fruit with what I see happening even on the ground week after week at Ogletown. And I, I, I want to share with you what I see God happening, what, what I see God doing and what is happening, and also the way in which I think there's opportunity for more more growth. I want us to see that God could do something above and beyond. So what I want to talk about today is certainly not exhaustive of all that God is doing, but it, it's just a couple of areas that I want to drop in. And, and really, I want us to see how God could use our church and how God is using our church to bear fruit in every good work. I want one way to frame it, and this is the way that just kept coming to me, one way to frame it is like God is giving us things. God is sending us things. So one of the amazing things that happened throughout COVID, and it happened with every church, and I, I understand that, but I happen to like care deeply about this church specifically. And what we found over the last several months is God has been sending us and God has been giving us viewers. God has been sending us and giving us people that will watch our services online. And, and what you, you probably are somewhat aware of is that it takes an, an army of volunteers just to like make sure things are running well here, but also that we would be able to week after week put services online to live stream, yes, but also to watch recordings. And I love that our volunteers see this as like, this isn't just a, a slot to fill. This is God doing something through 
through a, a service that we, we are able to put online. I, I know that it could be looked at as like, and, and I've certainly read articles of like, will this be an excuse for some not to come to church, not to gather? And I, I know some could use that, sure. This is what I also know because I hear regularly that the fact that people volunteer and people help and people serve and people show up ready to use their skills and what, what skills they have and maybe just their willingness that God uses that in the lives of people who are seeking. So it can be very intimidating to walk into a church, especially if you haven't been in a while, you don't know exactly like, what are they doing there and how, how does that go down and am I going to be asked to give money or what, what, what all is going to happen? And our services, I, I'm being told, I'm being told pretty often it, it's a glimpse into what God is doing here as a community of believers. Many are finding a, a place like they can explore and seek. And some are going to be in the stages, we know this, right, of a, maybe a long physical recovery and they're not going to be able to come to church. Just, even now there's some, got an email this week from someone prohibited from coming and they're looking forward to the day when they are able to come, but this serves so well. So it's bearing fruit and good things are happening. It's a window for some into a community that loves Jesus. Some people are hurt by the church. Some people, it's like hard to know exactly what's going on, but this gives, and, and granted, it's not the same. It's not the exact same. We all know it's not the exact same as being physically together. I, I love being in a room with people. But could what we're doing here, could efforts on this bear fruit, good fruit, toward every good work? Wouldn't this be a part of, of something? Could God use that for the gospel to increase your efforts? for the gospel to increase. Could God do something above and beyond? So God is sending us people that watch our services, and God is also sending people to attend our services. It's been an interesting thing. I'm amazed and honored by the number of people that are attending our church that are not yet members. It frankly blows me away to see the, the guest list, and that's just the ones that we are aware of that we know every single week of the people, and there are new names on there every single week of people that we met. I feel like, man, what a, it's a challenging time to come to church, and yet people are, are doing that, and that's some of you, and I, I want to thank you even for coming in and, and continuing to come in an environment that's not that easy to navigate. COVID's changed a ton of things, and one of those is church, and, and yet here you are, you're you're attending, and in Ogletown, that is such a gift. Even last week, I was talking to two people who, one first time at Ogletown, they were from Ghana, another person, first time, two people, first time they, they've ever been to Ogletown, they were first from Suriname, moved to our area, found our church online. I mean, it's just, I'm grateful for God sending us people from the area, people from all over the world, all sorts of backgrounds and cultures. And I, I say that because that's, that's such a stewardship for our church. It's a stewardship that even at the moment someone walks in the door that they feel something is different about this place, where they know, like, here I feel something and know something different. And if Jesus truly is in our lives and if the Holy Spirit is working in us, shouldn't it be a generous welcome? Shouldn't people be met there and people be met all over whenever they come into contact with our church? What an opportunity it is to say, you may feel unwelcomed and unloved in a million places, but not here. This is a place where you will be loved. This is a place where it should be easier rather than harder 
to make friends and to be shown hospitality. Maybe the person walks in and they go, like, do I really belong here? I'm not really, I wouldn't consider myself a church person, so should I, you know, how, how do I navigate all that? And then, and then they meet you. They meet someone at the door. They meet someone here. They, they have a question. They get the question answered. Like, could God do something there that's above and beyond? Is there an opportunity? And maybe you think, well, I think the people who've been around here the longest ought to be the ones who are welcoming. I I could agree with that, except for you might not have been here that long. And so you know exactly what it's like to walk into our church. Could you be the extension of the welcoming heart of God saying, here we're going to front load grace and love and generosity. We're going to front load that. We're not going to make you earn it. We're going to welcome you into our lives. I want you to get an idea of the good work that God could be doing. And sure, I mean, it could boil down to, yeah, I help once a week in guest services. I help once a month. But could God be using that above and beyond to bear fruit? Because of your faithfulness, someone felt welcome. And that made all the difference. Here I belong. Hadn't found one friend in this area, but here, people know my name. People care about my story. God has steadily sent viewers and attenders, but there's one other area that I just want to bring you into a vision of where else God seems to be sending us, sending us things, and that, that's where, just amazing to me how many kids, how many children, how many preschoolers that God is entrusting to our church right now. It is amazing to me when I recognize our numbers in our children's ministry and our preschool ministry are pretty much what they were pre-COVID. And that can't be said of hardly any other area in our church right now. But there are parents that bring in their kids, grandparents that are bringing their grandchildren to our church it's encouraging and it's challenging. And the opportunity is huge. Because what we do believe is the gospel can go into a life. And what I, what I know, and you know equally well, like every kid's going to have to make their own decision of whether they're going to follow Jesus. Every kid is going to have to come to terms with their own relationship with Jesus Christ. We know that. They're going to have to own their own faith. We know that. But we have an opportunity as a church with each kid that God entrusts to our preschool and our children's ministry, to embed a true story, the story of Jesus, into a world where there, there's constantly things that are just not true, that are being taught as if they are true in this world that our kids are growing up. I can't imagine how hard of a world it is for our kids to grow up in, but yet here at our church, There can be an environment of love reminding and telling the story again and again and again. Reminding kids of the truth about grace when the world says, you do some things wrong and you just may get like written off by everybody. You may get canceled. If you say things just the wrong way at the wrong time, you may never recover from it. And there's a true story of God who shows grace when we do the worst things and shows us unconditional love. 
Actually, despite the conditions, he shows us love. And we have an opportunity to tell that true story and remind kids of that true story again and again and again. This world tells a lie that says salvation is found in like choosing your identity and finding your true self. And if you just work hard, it'll all come. And like once you like choose it, it's all about you. And yet we know the true story is this, that salvation doesn't come from inside us. It comes from outside of us, that only Jesus can save us. We need him and we need that true story outside of us. And God is the one that shapes our identity. He's the one who makes us in his own image. He's the one who tells us what our lives are for. And we have an opportunity as a church to embed that story deeply into our children. The goodness of Jesus. We sang about it a moment ago. We can say it again and again and again so that our kids may know it's a harsh world, but the goodness of Jesus never stops. Never stops. His plan is perfect. He takes you down paths of which you never regret. And then we can extend that as far as we can. I think of a church like Ogletown where often there are foster kids because parents decide we're going to invite those kids into our home, into our lives, and and they bring them to a church. And what an opportunity. It may just be for a few months. It may be for a for a short season. But what if in their, deep in their memory they knew this was a place where people love me? I think of even families that have special needs. And what if in this environment, life is hard for special needs families. I think we know, and I think in some ways we have no idea. But what if in this environment we had enough volunteers that we go, we go the extra mile here. Because we love, we love kids. We believe in what God is doing. Isn't that worth doing? I saw a picture this week that just kind of made it, ex- it's like an exclamation point to all this. I was looking at a, a picture of some, some of our kids, uh, Shauna and I's kids, and this is from like 10 years ago. And so the kids are like much, much smaller. And I was looking at the picture because it was taken on this property and it was at a, a function on Wednesday night that we had. And when I looked and I saw the picture of our, our kids and then I looked beyond them and I saw three or four of their workers, their helpers at that time. And I thought this is 10 years ago and I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't always easy to get off work on a Wednesday night and come and help and serve and pour into kids. But what does that mean as a parent that I have another godly man, a godly woman pouring into my kids' lives saying the same things that I'm trying to emphasize and reemphasize? Ten years later, I think, thank God for those guys. Thank God for those ladies. Again, the goal isn't like, well, let's run some programs, get some volunteers, and everybody can get their time slot to help out and get their volunteer hours. It's not about that. It's never about that. With a mission like this, we we have a purpose, and we want to operate as a team together. I mean, we We don't want to burn out because one person is doing way too much when another person could be helping. I mean, there's all those things that we're trying to hold into balance. And so could God use our efforts? And again, I wanted to pull you into some of these things to to help you realize. And, And I actually am intentional about what I'm saying because each one of those areas, whether it be our live stream or our AV, whether it be 
helping out with our kids, whether it be greeting or guest services, all of those, like, they require a ton of volunteers. And for us to do that well, it's going to mean people like you and me say, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to help. I realize the audience that I'm talking to, I mean, it's like, I wish I could have hundreds of like individual conversations, but if you'll let me, I know there are people in this room who have served and you've served and you've served faithfully, and I just want to say thank you. Some of you have had years and seasons of service, and I want to say thank you. I believe it's good work. I believe the gospel will bear fruit in lives because of that. For some of you, it may be though you used to help, but this last season has just made it virtually impossible for you to help. And the last thing I care to do is pressure anybody, but I would ask, like, could God be kind of restarting, rebuilding some things where you go, I do want to come back into this. I do want to serve. I do want to help. And then there's a whole lot of people at Ogletown that are new. There's a whole lot of you that you're, you're new to our fellowship. You're new to what's going on here. And I do wonder, could this be a place where you begin to evaluate things and you begin to recognize this, this is not just part of your Sunday routine. This is a family you want to belong to and work alongside. Would you pray? Would you pray about helping? We're, we're doing something in the month of May we've never done before. Part of it is because I don't just want to get like, I, we could put forms on each seat and say, sign up if you're interested in helping. But I don't know, as we talked about a staff, we wanted to do more than that. We want you to actually not just, not just hear about it or, or mark a box saying, okay, I guess the church needs help. I'll help out a little bit. We want more than that. So we're doing something called Test Drive. And, and throughout the month of May, on a Sunday in May, you could get a look into what happened. So you can test drive. There, there's no obligation. We, we actually would rather you see what happens through guest services, greeting people, or see what happens through AV, or see what happens in our kids' ministry. So you can go to that link and, and you can sign up for a Sunday or a couple of Sundays where you will meet some people and you're not going to be asked to, to do anything on that Sunday, but we just want you to see it. We want you to get a deeper vision for it. We think it'll be different when you see those kids and what God is doing in their lives and how many God is sending us. You see the goals, you see potential roles that you might have and you, just, you may decide, the Lord, I think he could use me in that for a season could sign up to help maybe once a month or whatever rhythm would be good for you. What I've shared doesn't exhaust the ways you could be serving, but I do think it's a question worth asking. Is my life bearing fruit? Is our church bearing fruit? Am I a part of that? So, so many of you give and serve. This, this actually isn't a church where 20% are doing 80% of the work. There's a lot of people serving. I'm grateful for that. There's a lot of people giving, and I'm grateful for that. But I, what I recognize is our vision and our desire and our hunger is always going to outstrip even what we have. So even as God has blessed us financially, it's like, Lord, there's more things we could be doing, more things we'd like to be doing. Maybe God impresses on your heart to even initiate a conversation with me on that. I'm like, Curtis, could you talk more about that, of what more we could be doing. I, I would love to get, have that conversation. And maybe say, well, Curtis, as I, I don't think test drive and signing up, I don't think I, I am able to serve in that capacity. I am giving, but I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to give even beyond what I have right now. Is, is there a role for me? And it's like the answer at Ogletown is always 100% yes, because I want nobody here 
to be on the bench. I, want, I don't want anybody to be like, well, why don't you sit over there, and, and I guess you'll get in the game maybe fourth quarter if we're up by 30 points. I think God's mission for our church means everybody has to be engaged. I, I think the thing that stood out to be the most in this Colossians passage, I, I was, I mean, I've seen it before. Yeah, the church is bearing fruit and growing. But what I was reminded of this week particularly is that Paul starts this whole conversation by saying, I'm praying about this. I'm praying for you to bear fruit and to grow. I'm praying about that. This passage even talks about being strengthened for this hard work of bearing fruit and growing. So it may be your role in this season to faithfully pray. That may be the contribution where that is not sitting on the bench. That is actively engaged for our children, for our guests, for those who are viewing. Faithfully showing up saying, Lord, May you use this above and beyond. It seemed like I just prayed a minute, two minutes, five minutes for my church every day. Could you use my prayers to do something that would make a difference for one generation and another generation and another generation? Could you use my prayers to change someone's life? I love the picture of life being changed Can we go back to that Colossians passage one more time in verse 10? Paul's encouraging them, praying for them to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. That they would be giving thanks to the Father And I want to end just looking at these last few words here because this is my big hope for our church. This is my big hope for our lives that what we would see is a growing number of people who have been qualified for an inheritance. Do you see that in verse 12? Qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Previously disqualified, now qualified to have a share in all that God is doing previously in danger, but now delivered from the domain of darkness. Previously a citizen, a resident in darkness, but now transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. Previously being in bondage, but now having redemption, being redeemed, being bought out of that bondage. Previously being guilty with a record, but now being forgiven. If, if the Lord lets us see that happen again and again and again and again, it would, be, it would be an answer to prayer. It would be above and beyond what we might think our own efforts would be. So let me pray that the Lord would just move in our hearts a hunger, a desire for God to use our church and even our gatherings and our ministries to bear fruit and increase. Father, would you make that happen? For the person that wants to serve, doesn't know exactly what that may look like, I pray that you would move in their heart, that they might even go to that link and sign, sign up, 
Or you might give them another way of, of seeing how their lives could bear fruit for the person that is discouraged and weary, strengthen them. And in, at the end, Lord, what our prayer is not that we would increase, but ultimately that the gospel would increase and the impact of the good news would increase in our church. We ask this not for our own glory, but we want to see Christ glorified. So we ask all this in his name. Amen.